Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. It's 930 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazeroski. Outside, currently looking uh, pretty nice. Clear skies, 58 degrees in Buffalo. Predictions of a recession just got a little more real after Walmart announced they're not expecting to bring in as much profit for 2022. This morning, Walmart is raising fears about inflation in America, lowering its profit outlook for the rest of the year, saying prices on food and gas are forcing shoppers to cut back on general items, particularly clothing, which carry higher profit margins. Shares of Walmart fell 10% yesterday. The company's former CEO says Walmart's move to lower its profit outlook mid-quarter is rare. The Federal Reserve set to raise the cost of borrowing tomorrow with a three-quarters of a point interest rate hike in an attempt to slow the economy down to fight inflation. The governor yesterday signing into law a bill that does away with local sales tax on diapers, the Diaper Act, making diapers exempt from local sales tax. There was already no state sales tax on diapers in New York. The new law makes them exempt from that local tax. The hope is the tax break helping to ease the burden on families in the face of rising costs, happening just in the nick of time for me. So we did away with diapers yesterday. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Nice timing. Perfect. Unreal. Uh, Gas prices, meanwhile, continue to plunge from their record highs. New data from the Energy Information Administration showing gas prices down 16 cents with the national average now $4.33 a gallon. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. Gas prices have declined by an average of 66 66 cents per gallon over the past 41 days. The cheapest gas in the country right now along the Gulf Coast where drivers are paying an average of $3.83 a gallon. The most expensive in California where gas on average is well above the $5 mark at $5.26 per gallon. Dave Packer, ABC News. Here in the Buffalo area, $4.56. That's the average we're paying this morning down a penny from yesterday. All right, so still falling just a little bit. Hey, the Bills in action again yesterday. Stefan Diggs, another member of the Bills, who's experiencing his first training camp at St. John Fisher. Uh, it's my first year here, so uh, definitely something heavily anticipated when they said we were going to be here. Uh, I look forward to it. It's definitely uh, a team bonding kind of thing, getting away from your home. You know, only thing I miss is my bed, but other than that, I enjoy being around the guys and getting back to football. Dorm room beds can't be great for recovery. No You'd way. have to imagine. Right. Uh, not the most comfortable. The but twin XLs. You think about it. Um, Diggs, first year. I mean, there was like no training camp, obviously, in the pandemic year. Last year, they chose to remain in Orchard Park. And now, first year at St. John Fisher, even though he's been on the team for, it feels like, a long time now. On the field, Diggs telling reporters yesterday what he's hoping to build over the next few weeks. What kind of identity you want to have? What kind of team you want to have? And you just take it day by day because... You don't come out and figure out who you are day one and day two, but you can kind of start laying a foundation on 
uh, what kind of team you want to be, want to be, and they, they have a, they do a great job of bringing in the right kind of players, you know, with that right mindset of you know, uh, not putting the cares before the horse, putting a lot of time in, and uh, that's what you got to do in order to be a good team. You got to stack those days, you know what I'm saying, and uh, build that identity. So, just take it one day at a time. Sounds like he's at an amusement park. All the screaming yeah. in the background. Josh Allen must have just walked by. The team's back on the practice field tomorrow morning, 945 in the Rochester area. They're doing so much fan interaction, too. I mean, it's great to see over, you know, it. after a couple of years where that just wasn't right. really happening. Right. Now, I mean, for, I mean, the kids, training camp. <laughs> wow. Right. Having a good Bills team and then being able to interact with the players. Wish I had that, I you know, know back in the uh, back in the day. <laughs> back in the day, uh, bail reform is in focus. Congressman Lee Zeldin, the gubernatorial nominee from the Republican Party, was attacked in broad daylight. His attacker, thanks to the changes made under the bail laws, his attacker was free, was non-bail eligible within hours of that arrest. That state Senate Minority Leader Rob Ort continuing his push to roll back bail reform laws in New York, something WBEN's Max Ferry tells us law enforcement still sees as a major issue. Another Buffalo man was arrested for shooting at officers early Sunday morning. Police say he obtained the weapon illegally. This is not the first time in the last couple of months we've seen suspects shooting at police in Buffalo, especially in regards to suspects with prior criminal history. Yeah, I, I think this is absolutely disgusting behavior. I mean, it's showing the brazenness of criminals nowadays and the fact that there's just not any respect for law enforcement or the job that they're trying to do out there to keep citizens safe. Said Jeff Ronaldo, former Buffalo police captain and partner of Vista Security Group. Does bail reform play a role in this? Ronaldo thinks so. But how can we reform bail reform to keep officers safer? You have to be able to keep somebody in custody that's committed any level of violent uh, action. You have to allow judges to look at that person, look at their criminal history, and make a proper determination on whether or not bail should be set and whether or not this person should be released pending their uh, further court proceedings. Ronaldo also adds that if you want to study bail reform, give stakeholders and police a seat at the table for discussion. I'm Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. We're turning our attention to the Uvalde School Board, voting unanimously last night to move the first day of school back from August 15th to September 6th and to send a resolution to their governor, Greg Abbott, asking him to call a special legislative session to raise the legal age to buy automatic and assault-style rifles from 18 to 21 years old. Here's their school superintendent, Hal Harrell. We'll get that later. Also last night, the principal of Robb Elementary School suspended with pay Monday because she was aware of security problems at the school, but did not fix them. Are you Mega Millions dreaming right now? The $810 million jackpot could be yours with the right numbers if you do cash in. Will Gans tells us what investments worked for past lottery winners and what didn't. Most lottery winners will buy new cars or homes and pay off debt. But some will start their own TV shows. Wrestlelicious, founded by Jay Vargas. She whips her into the corner. The show folding after one season. Others launching a more successful endeavor. Titanic Irish Whiskey, founded by a winner with a taste for the hard stuff. 
and John Cootie, one of a $319 million jackpot winner in 2011, donated part of his sum to build a water park in his hometown in honor of his and his wife's parents. All right, 810 mil up for grabs. People, no, building a water park in your hometown, that's one <laughs> way to spell. I mean, that's nothing I would ever think of. No. If I won Mega Millions, I would not you think, know, I give right, it to him. water that's, slide. That's a great idea. Hooks the goon, you know, just whoosh. I'm on a winning streak. I won $4 on Powerball last night. Same thing. So, hoping. So, you got to play. Right. Where's my water slide? <laughs> so, on, Joe. hoping, hey, maybe I'll get three numbers and get $100 today. You know, just build up to that uh, grand great. prize. One, I got two numbers right yesterday, three today. Let's build that up till we get five. All right. I like it. Um, if you win, you know, water slide from here to where we park the cars. I like that. A fun little uh, thing every day <laughs> to uh, be able to do. That would be nice. Um, how about this? Uh, maybe you take a trip to Hawaii. I think I'd do that if I won Mega Millions. Why not? Uh, but be careful when you're there. Another dangerous encounter with sea life in Hawaii over the weekend. A swimmer at a beach in Waikiki was attacked by an endangered Hawaiian monk seal. The seal is known to Hawaiian marine life workers as Rocky. Maybe because he's a fighter. It's uh, new mom (laughs) likely considered the swimmer a perceived threat to her seal pup. Marcus Figala says visitors have to realize Hawaii is more than just a tourist location. It's also a wildlife habitat. Listen to this. A lot of people come to Hawaii and they think the beach is hunky-dory and we put a little bit of suntan on and we play and we have a couple of cocktails and the ocean is totally benign. The ocean is a jungle, and there are wild animals in there. I love that. You know, <laughs> look, I know what's called Waikiki, and do you think we're going to drink out of a tiki uh, glass, and right. everything's going to be great? But listen, it's a jungle out there, and you got to watch out. And uh, someone learned firsthand. Yeah. I never knew about these monk seals. The exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast for the day today calls for some very nice weather by late July standards. We'll find high clouds mixing in with sunshine and temperatures that'll be into the upper 70s. Very comfortable after a cool start this morning. Tonight brings patchy clouds. It'll be comfortable once again with an overnight low downtown near 60 into the 50s in the open countryside. Tomorrow, increasing clouds, a scattered shower thunderstorm by evening, but most of the day is dry behind the low 80s. With your exclusive WBN 7 weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Josh Nichols. Attorney Terry Connors is joining us as we put bail reform in focus. It has been the focus of a lot of lawmakers in Albany over the past week or so. Attack on gubernatorial Republican candidate Lee Zeldin, the attacker, out because of bail reform laws, as opponents to those laws put it. Some other attacks on police officers, the focus being put on bail reform here in New York State. What exactly does it all mean? Terry Connors here to join us. You know, Terry, these laws enacted a few years ago here in New York. There's been a lot of talk of rolling back some of these bail reforms that were put forth. But how does it change how you represent a defendant in a courtroom when uh, dealing with these new laws. Is it much easier for somebody to not have to stay in the holding center or in a facility because of the laws? Well, when the laws were changed in 2020, it eliminated cash bail for a lot of nonviolent offenses. 
and it gave life to the presumption of innocence, requiring judge to release defendants charged with nonviolent offenses and all misdemeanors, any misdemeanor, you had to be released without cash, cashless bail. So that was a, a, a sea change and made it much easier to secure the release of your client when the individual is charged with a nonviolent offense or with a misdemeanor. From your perspective, Terry, does bail reform, is it working or not? Yeah, that's a tough question. The studies are not out yet, but bail reform in New York was changed in 2020. There was a sweeping change to in, enact uh, reforms because at that time, research showed that it could very well be that a dangerous but a wealthy defendant could secure his or her release, and a harmless but poor defendant would have to stay in jail. That's unfair, simply unfair, and that's what they tried to change. But the changes that came about have been largely criticized both legally and politically because they don't give the judges all of the tools to evaluate seriousness and risk to the community. That's been the biggest complaint about the new laws. And so if you ask whether they've worked from the standpoint of reducing costs of incarceration, absolutely. The percentage of people that are incarcerated now pre-trial, keep in mind, pre-trial, before you're convicted of anything, has been dramatically re reduced. Uh, if you ask, well, does that mean that there's a higher likelihood that someone released on bail may actually commit another offense? Then they don't work because that has happened. A small percentage, but a percentage that gets the highest degree of coverage in the newspaper, such as the attack on Congressman Zeldin. The idea of a judge being able to use discretion, that's what's brought up a lot of times uh, from people who want to roll back bail reform is maybe a simple rollback. You're not doing the entire law. You're just allowing judge a little bit more discretion into who is given bail, who is allowed to walk out without it. The idea of judge's discretion, in your experience, can a judge be trusted to uh, have that discretion what would be the pushback? It seems like such a, a, co a common sense solution to appease both sides here. Well, you make a great point, Brian. And in fact, on May 9th, 2022, New York State did change the original bail reform laws to allow a judge more discretion in evaluating whether or not to impose bail or even to remand an individual into custody. So they put in additional criteria. Was there a gun involved? Is it a serious harm crime? Is there an order of protection that may have been violated? And those tools were given to judges to evaluate uh, whether or not there is some type of reason for imposing bail or remanding a defendant to custody. So it has been changed. Now, those on the opposite side of that argument say, well, it hasn't been changed enough because you, we don't give the discretion to the judge to evaluate the risks of public safety. We're one of the few states that don't do that. We say bail is solely for the securing of appearance of an individual, whether that person is a risk of flight or whether that person is likely to show up. So that's where the, the, the debate rages right now in terms of the amount of discretion to be provided to a judge. And can we trust judges? You know, judges aren't really, um, they can't predict the future. We have a lot of great judges here, and, and they just they can't look into a crystal ball and see whether someone's going to offend or not. They have to impl they have to use the criteria, and they have to use the statute, which says there's a presumption of innocence and release is favored.
has enough time passed since the, the, that change on May 9th to really know if this is working? No. Clearly, the answer is no. The studies that have been done, in fact, uh, started in 2020 when the bail reform was enacted in New York State. And even now, they say in 2022, there's not enough time. They can evaluate the cost of incarceration to the state. That's pretty easy. They can evaluate the number of defendants versus previous defendants who were incarcerated. That can be done. But the real effect of the of the bail reform law, you're right, exactly. It's, it's too early to be able to determine whether or not it works or it doesn't work. Where does this go in the future? And, and who really gets to, I mean, make this push? I, are, are you being heard from? Are people within the justice system being heard from? Or is this purely a political argument right now? No, there are all sorts of con, uh, constituencies that are being heard from when you are determining a change of this degree in legislation. So you have prosecutors that are consulted. You have defense lawyers that are consulted. You have educators and reformers who are consulted as well. And that all went into the calculus when they changed the law in 2020. There were a tremendous amount of knowledgeable individuals who provided data points, provided research, and provided learned articles on the topic before the law was changed. All of that was provided to the legislature, and all of that was provided to the governor. It was, and when Governor Cuomo made the changes in 2019, effective in 2020. So there's a great deal of input, a great deal of input. But if somebody asked you for a suggestion on how to make this better, what would you say? Well, the only thing I would say is that um, you have to balance, and it's a delicate balance, between the presumption of innocence and whether or not you want to implement pretrial detention. That's where the debate lies. We have a constitution that says an individual is presumed innocent until proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Do you want to detain that individual before the person has an opportunity to be heard in a trial? I'm against that. I think that you know there are certain circumstances where pretrial detention does work. In our federal system, it's a much more detailed analysis with hearings. If the government tries to detain, and that's a circumstance that you know has some due process attached to it. But just trying to, to guess whether someone is going to be a risk of danger to the community, it just doesn't work. And you don't want to erode the presumption of innocence. You can see one case like the case of the attack on Congressman Zeldin and say, that person should have been in jail. Let me just take one second to tell you the background on that. That person who was released after the attack on, on uh, Congressman Zeldin, that person was charged by the co-chair of Congressman Zeldin's campaign committee with a assault. That's why that person was released. The charge itself wasn't sufficient to maintain a cash bail or some type of restrictions. So there's all sorts of things that go into this calculation. But to, to throw out the presumption of innocence and to try to impose these types of restrictions would be a, a, dram a dramatic change in our constitutional rights and a real and a real difficulty, I think. We're speaking with Attorney Terry Connors on WBEN. Terry, there is the idea of judge's discretion. Uh, would mm -hmm. it be more or less realistic to, uh, I guess, uh, further 
uh, pare down and uh, categorize nonviolent offenses because there are nonviolent offenses that you could see. All right, you know, somebody is released without bail, and most people would say, "Well, that's not a problem." And then there are nonviolent offenses, uh, you know, weapons possession charges. There, are, and there are certain nonviolent offenses that people look at and say, eh, "Hang on a second, you know, this person just made a threat to somebody." Um, that that's a little bit different. Could you, without a judge's discretion? you know, write up a whole list of what does and doesn't qualify, or is that just unrealistic? No, no, that's, that is actually in part what the legislation has tried to do. They have identified nonviolent felonies as the, the availability of, non, of no cashless bail, of cashless bail. But there are exceptions to the nonviolent felonies that are in our statute, and those exceptions allow the judges to impose remands to put the person in jail pending a bail determination or actually impose bail. And on that same topic, Brian, there are restrictions that judges can use in New York with respect to their discretion. They can provide for supervised release if they think that's going to be a potential problem. They can list travel restrictions. They can even use electronic monitoring in the state of New York. Um, so there are restrictions within the discretion of a judge if they're applicable, and a judge can make that determination. Terry, we appreciate all the help this morning on this. Terry Connors, defense attorney, joining us live on WBEN. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 